As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mark Schindler, the one and only. We have Daniel Lehman producing the show. and We're going to go right to Memphis where Dylan Brooks spanked that ball out of Darius Garland's hands for the win as the Grizzlies just barely outlasted the Cavs 115 to 114 in a thriller. Yeah, this was a this was a really fun game. It looked like it was going to get away from the Cavs uh, late in the second. Grizz were up, I think, 61 to 43 at one point. Um, they were just put pitching a shutout defensively, and then Darius Garland really turned it on. They started to get some good contributions across the board. And then exactly like you mentioned, they found that gear late. Dylan Brooks was fantastic on that closing possession. Um, closing couple possessions really shutting down what what was a spectacular Darius Garland game and, and you know, deriving a, co- a couple of late game possessions into exactly what they needed to win. Garland had 24 and 14. I mean, this is obviously like an epic battle of young emerging star point guards. What like Garland, he usually puts up the points, but the dimes usually isn't quite at that level. Like, what was he doing so well tonight? Uh, I just thought the way he drove into the paint was really special. Um, they started to throw two to the ball later in the game, uh, especially early on. I thought he was just I mean, he was getting into the to knifing into the defense like Ja was doing for large stretches of this game against the Cavs. Um, and to their credit, too, I mean, this was a. Part of what's hard with this being a loss for the Cavs is how well they shot the ball. I mean, they shot 45% from deep on 35 attempts. Isaac Okoro, like quietly, not even quietly, like this was a vibrant game for me. 4-4 from deep. He shot really well since uh, since early on in December when he got his first uh, time getting into the starting lineup again. Um, had some really big defensive possessions, had some just fantastic contributions across the board from them. So this is a tough game for them to drop, uh, especially how well they played uh, Memphis, who's now, what, 11-game winning streak after this one? <laughs> I can't remember. They haven't lost in years, it seems like. <laughs> Literally. By the way, Akor is shooting 55% from three as a, now that he's starting pretty much every single night uh, in the month of January. I feel like Cavs fans have been waiting for Akor to declare himself worthy of being a starter. 
Is, is he doing that now? Man, I think so. Honestly, like you you, you want to grit your teeth a little bit just because he's he's had hot stretches of shooting before on low volume, but the confidence has really just been game changing for him. It feels different. He feels a lot more confident in what he's doing. He's getting a shot off faster. Um, like even tonight, he hit a big three late in the fourth quarter um, when they were trying to keep this game up uh, and kept fighting back. And I, I want to say this is different, but I, I also need to I need to keep my sanity a little bit here. Yeah, and, and also that Garland to Mobley connection on those those quick little like kickbacks into the middle of the paint that was beautiful. That was kind of the start of something beautiful. But they didn't win this game. Memphis won this game. Let's talk about that backcourt there. John Morant, Desmond Bain, they combined for 49 points. They were just electric. Yeah, John Morant, pretty damn good, if I say so myself. <laughs> a he had bold a really take nice on the game, game tonight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we, 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 we let him rip off every once in a while. But Desmond Bain, to me, can, like obviously we know what Ja does, not to take away from that, but like Desmond Bain's really getting back to looking like that borderline all-NBA guy that we saw early on in the year. After coming back from injury, you know, he he kind of eased back into it, but he's scored 20-plus and three of his last five now finished with 25 tonight. Uh, his relocation, I think, was the biggest thing. With how the Cavs were playing jaw for large stretches of this game and really trying to pack the paint anytime he drove in, the way that, that Desmond moved off the ball just to get things going again and keep keep the offense moving and um, keep, keep the defense honest, I thought was really huge in what they did, especially considering that um, as well as the Cavs shot, this was a pretty average shooting game for, for the Grizzlies, especially for their starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, they went 44 for 97, but you're, you're so right. Like, Cleveland was sinking in off that weak side, leaving Bane open at times, and Jock could just knife all the way through and find him wide open. I feel like if there's anyone you're going to cheat off of on the Memphis Grizzlies, probably not Desmond Bane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it's been really nice to see him back and just healthy and getting going again. The way that he continues to attack, too, like, it, I mean, when when Jaw's not out there and he's, he's out doing more stuff with the second unit, you see really good stuff from him. Um, they didn't really get, I mean, they got good contributions across the board from the bench tonight. felt like more defensively Santi Aldama was, I mean, just bombing away from deep tonight, but, um, really exciting seeing what this bench unit does together. I feel like there's always one or two guys who just chip in pretty, pretty well uh, over the course of the game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, let's head up to Mile High where Denver and Minnesota battle it out. No Rudy Gobert, no Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, that was a good thing for Minnesota because they only lost this game by four with another 30-point triple-double from Jokic. I feel like this is happening every time I host a show. <laughs> it feels like, dude, if uh, if I'm awake, Nicole Jokic probably has a triple-double. Um, this was a really tough game for Minnesota. Like, we'll, we'll get to Denver in a second. That was a great game from them uh, down the stretch, I should say. But 
Anthony Edwards, his playmaking and continuing to grow as, as a ball handler has really popped um, as the year has really progressed. Um, but I don't know what happened at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, and this wasn't just solely on Ant. Like, the entire team just forgot how to pass, the, the like, the final five minutes of the game. Um, it wasn't even that Denver's defense turned it up. Like, I thought that their defense was fine down the stretch, but a lot of really odd turnovers and just – um decisions being made across the board and that was killer like i honestly i felt minnesota deserved to win this game for most of the way and then that happened late obviously which was tough like jade mcdaniels had one of his best games of the season on both ends of the court um again ant was fantastic torian prince like his box score doesn't pop in the way that he played tonight like he had huge rotations on defense he hit timely shots you just make good things happen. Like you saw a lot of things to be excited about with this group. And then the fourth quarter and the final five minutes happened. And ex- I mean, exactly like you mentioned, they did everything they had to, to try and make this the quietest triple double possible. It was still extremely good from Jokic, but all it took was one slip up late in the game. Jamal Murray, uh, they, they go under a Jamal Murray screen while they're trying to handle uh, Jokic getting a, a post up in an empty corner and that's all Jamal Murray needed. He ends up scoring five or seven late. And that was kind of ice, man. They, they just couldn't really answer that. I mean, this entire crunch time was just Murray going around Jokic screens. And Minnesota was just, they weren't even close to defending any of it. It was a complete disaster. Like, they they let Murray get way too deep or too open on a few of those. Then he would drop it back off to Jokic, who could either slip it forward to Gordon or create his own shot. I mean, this they just didn't. They didn't have any presence up at the point of attack. I mean, that's I think that's what this comes down to is like they could not make Murray go anywhere they wanted. He got exactly where he wanted. And you already know Jokic is going to get whatever position he wants on the court. That's not going to change. If you let Jamal Murray get wherever he wants, you're toast. And I mean, Minnesota, they led that after I think they took the lead like halfway through the second quarter. They pretty much led the entire game up until like that final one or two minute stretch when Murray was cooking. Yeah, it was really difficult too because as small as the uh, as small and mobile as the Wolves were playing, they got beat a ton in transition too. Like Bruce Brown, who had a hell of a game, finished with sixteen. Felt like almost all of them came off of just runouts, like getting out faster than anybody else um, for the Wolves, and uh, they just didn't really have an answer for that. It it they continue to be such a confounding team for me, man. Like they do positive things, and you see really good stretches of play. And then, again, that fourth quarter happens. Even in the first quarter, I thought they had some really not great stretches of play. Um, I just don't really know what the answer is for this team right now. Yeah, we'll give Jada McDaniels credit. He This was one of his best games of the year, I felt. Um, defensively, he, he did a solid job. Gordon, who was coming off a huge game, did a really nice job against, uh, against him and the possessions I saw. But what really stood out to me was, one, cooking in isolation on a few of those plays there like nobody else was really having it go and he was doing that he was hitting the shots from the corner well he was playing in transition pretty well he was really the only guy on minnesota that like i thought was completely in like i guess living up to their potential besides kyle anderson who almost had a triple double himself and had four steals man i love watching kyle anderson like him and he and Jaden played on on Jokic most of this because they they tried to just play straight up single coverage on Jokic most of the game instead of trying to double him and and open up some of those passing windows. And I thought they did, again, about as well as you can trying to just make things difficult for him. And exactly like you mentioned, like part of what made this exciting for Jaden 
Like, yeah, it's 18 points, so you don't want to get like crazy about it. But exactly like you mentioned, it felt like almost all of them were self-created. It was like him attacking. He's also the most points on the team, so <laughs> he was the leading scorer either way. For sure. But yeah, I mean, they had, they had, uh, they had seven guys in double figures, so it's, you know, there's they there's something the there. But the yeah, it was a... Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, that was uh, that was one of the games that you look at. And he's done this a couple of times since the start of the new year where you're like, okay, I'm seeing something there. And I'm, I'm interested to see what if they can tap into more of that because he has been a bright spot in what's been a, a confusing season for sure. Yeah. Also, real-time correction here. Uh, Big Daniels, I meant to say guarding MPJ, but he also was the one guarding Murray at the end of the game and getting torched every single time, which was surprising. I thought he was going to be a good matchup in those instances, but he just got beat off the dribble by Murray. But all right, let's move on to our last game. Oh, by the way, shout out to Jokic already taking over the franchise record for assists, and he's still in his like mid-20s. That's phenomenal. So Denver Nuggets legend right there. Not, I guess not a shocking take to say he's a Denver Nuggets legend. All right. Speaking of legends, the Sacramento Kings, the Sacramento Kings, they beat the LA Lakers 116 to 111. This game was pretty tight at the end. It was neck and neck. And Rashawn Holmes, who started and went seven for seven from the field with the muscle bonus out with the late scratch being sick, he gets the ball at like half court as Sacramento is trying to move the ball advance quickly and Christie fouls him from behind, which at first someone's reacting to it. And I'm texting Mark. I'm like, wasn't that a clear path foul? And then 10, 10 seconds later, all of a sudden clear path foul review that saved the game for Sacramento Lakers. I mean, not shocking to see them losing a game on poor execution when LeBron was turning it on late. Yeah, this was again, like a, a game looking at kind of two hobbled teams. Like, I, I mean, this is kind of the Lakers to an extent, obviously just without AD, but um, Kings without Sabonis, I think, and this is not to be unfair to the Kings, but it's so noticeable when they don't have Sabonis. Like I thought Rashawn played a really good game tonight, especially defensively. Like he got their deep hog award, which I'll never not laugh whenever I see that. <laughs> um, but he was really good tonight defensively, but you see them, especially offensively. They don't hit quite the same in the way that they're going. And I think you saw that a lot late. They had a lot of heat check stuff that they kind of needed to get into just because they were struggling to to get things going downhill. Um, but that's we'll also noting De'Aaron Fox was sensational tonight. 31 points, six assists, was extremely efficient. Um, Harrison Barnes, too. Like, his box score is a little ugly, like 6-17 from the field, but he got to the line a ton. He had the game-sealing layup uh, on a step-through at the end. Like, his strength was a big issue for what they were trying – for what the Lakers had to match up with. Like, because they – we're playing small late. Thomas Bryant only played 18 minutes. Um, and Harrison Barnes, man, he's just so strong. Like, you forget it watching him because he's, he's just like average wing size. But 6'8", 240, absolutely bodied a few guys. Um, this is a, I mean, Sacramento Kings are third place in the West now after tonight because the Pelicans got absolutely shellacked by Miami. Like them, like the motherfucking be, man. Come on. Bro, I mean, light that shit up because we got Harrison Barnes just bodying guys out there. Like, they were straight up posting up Harrison Barnes in crunch time and letting him go to work. Lakers did not have an answer for him. Fox, he's rejuvenated. Keegan Murray had some really nice moments tonight, shooting the ball uh, pretty decently. He had 10 boards. But we got a, a Kevin Herter, also great game. But let's go back to Rashawn Holmes. Like, this is a cool story because Holmes 
his career has kind of fallen off. There's been some stuff going on. It's not hundred percent clear on everything that's going on with them behind the scenes, but like he's clearly, he's been going through it. His career has been going through it. He was a really big breakout player a couple of years ago, got himself a big deal. We haven't seen much of him. Mike Brown just won't commit to who he wants to be his backup center, whether it's Metu or Lyles or Holmes really just tries to go without a backup center. No Sabonis. Obviously, as you're saying, this team is going to be different because Sabonis really is their hub in so many ways. And Holmes just stepped the F up. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I mean, exactly like you mentioned. The defense from him, again, was was really, really good tonight and exactly what they needed. Um, they, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're supposed to, what, what else you could have expected from him tonight, I think is the best way to put it. Because um, like you mentioned, he has been so inconsistent this year. Um, it just hasn't really worked out for him. And this was kind of like the perfect storm for him. Um, it, I mean, he was aggressive on the offensive glass and even just brought a little bit more defensively. I thought his rim protection was really nice tonight compared to what it tends to be. Um, it was, and I mean, you saw him get emotional as the game ended too. Just thrilled that he had that moment. So that was really cool to see. Um, seeing somebody who was able to kind of get their feet under them tonight. Well, I'm getting emotional. It's because this show's about to end. He's Mark Schindler, Jared Weiss. She's Danielle Lehman producing. This is the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>